Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hello, VP family. It is Monday, July 11, and I'm Kim Howard. And I am joined this week on the podcast with Don Klein. So welcome, Don. Um, if you would so kindly say hi to everybody and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Dawn. I have been going to VP for about 10 years now. Um, I'm a CNA and I'm married to Chris Klein. And I live in Holland. Perfect. No, that's great. Um, so you're a CNA. Um, you work at a home, like an elderly home, basically, right? I work Assisted at Heritage living. Heritage Nursing and Rehab. Okay. So it's a combination rehab and nursing home. Gotcha. So you like working with the elderly. I love my old people. <laughs> yeah, I think it takes a special person in my mind to work with old people. But I think that every person that I've met that works with old people, they have that really special character trait in them um, that just always astounds me. So I think that people who work as CNAs in um, nursing homes or wherever with old people are certainly really cool people. <laughs> and you can just see they light up when they see old people. They just get all like happy and want to help. And um, I think that's really super cool. Very servant heart like. So, so thank you. I love all of my residents. Yeah. Cool relationships for sure. And um, probably the challenging part of the job is dealing with their family members, right? Oh, sometimes she's silent. it is. <laughs> sometimes family members can be more difficult to deal with than the actual <laughs> residents. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Like the residents, uh, a lot of times are, um, they get in a rhythm and, uh, you know, like they eventually come to, I think, enjoy the place where they live and the people that they're around and the families aren't always easy. So families can be complicated. Families so. are very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. And, um, yeah. And your husband, Chris, I'm sure most people at VP know who he is, but he's the one in the wheelchair with, his um, iPad or whatever device it is on his wheelchair that he It's a communication speaks. device that he uses yes. his toes to talk with. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now everybody can maybe put your face with the name and uh, with Chris as well. So, well, thank you very much for joining me this week. I'm excited to go through scriptures with you and hear what God's been saying to you. So okay. with that, uh, we're going to read from Amos 8, verse 1 through 12 today. Uh, I'm going to read that out of the New Living Translation first. Um, I might jump back to the NIV too a little bit, but we'll start with the NLT. The heading says, A vision of ripe fruit. Then the sovereign Lord showed me another vision. In it, I saw a basket filled with ripe fruit. What do you see, Amos? He asked. I replied, a basket full of ripe fruit. Then the Lord said, like this fruit, Israel is ripe for punishment. I will not delay their punishment again. In that day, 
the singing in the temple will turn to wailing. Dead bodies will be scattered everywhere. They will be carried out of the city in silence. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Listen to this, you who rob the poor and trample down the needy. You can't wait for the Sabbath day to be over and the religious festivals to end so you can get back to cheating the helpless. You measure out grain with dishonest measures and cheat the buyer with dishonest scales. And you mix the grain you sell with chaff swept from the floor. Then you enslave poor people for one piece of silver or a pair of sandals. Now the Lord has sworn this oath by his own name, the pride of Israel. I will never forget the wicked things you have done. The earth will tremble for your deeds, and everyone will mourn. The ground will rise like the Nile River at flood time. It will heave up, then sink again. In that day, says the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth while it is still day. I will turn your celebrations into times of mourning and your singing into weeping. You will wear funeral clothes and shave your heads to show your sorrow, as if your only son had died. How very bitter that day will be. The time is surely coming, says the Sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border, searching for the word of the Lord but they will not find it. Well, what did you get from that, Dawn, as you read through that and studied? I actually really like that translation because that's not the translation I had read originally. Oh, you probably read so, it in the NIV? I'm not sure which translation I had, but it was not that one. Yeah. I do find that NLT sometimes has... I don't know, easier to understand words or I don't know. It just sometimes has a little bit more. It puts a little more into context. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm with you. Sometimes it's easier for me to understand that than the NIV, although I do love the NIV too. So when you read it, like, um, or when you listened to me read it, was there something that stood out to you even just now, like that caught your attention? Um. I don't think anything more than what I had already read. Okay. I just liked the translation better because it put it into a little bit more context. and Sure. So so that's why I liked it a little bit better. Gotcha. Um, I think the most thing, the thing that stood out the most was just caring for the poor and needy is what matters and getting to the top is does not matter. <laughs> yeah. And. That's what I pulled out of that. Yeah, because that, I think, is stated in verse 4. Listen to this. You who rob the poor and trample down the needy. You can't wait for the Sabbath day to be over and the religious festivals to end so you can get back to cheating the helpless. And describes how they do it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, as you read from the beginning, when, when God's talking about his punishment that he's going to um, lay out against them, that's the reason why, you know, like, so that was their offense. That was their sin was how they treated the needy and the poor um, and used them to use them to get ahead, you know, like 
to make themselves wealthier. Um, yeah, I think um, that was definitely one of the things that I caught um, and that it was, it was like a business situation, right? So we're talking about farming in that time and that was their business. Um, so these business owners or the farmers are treating people unfairly. Um, yeah, and that obviously is what God's saying. Like, he won't stand for that anymore. So he's speaking out that he will destroy them, basically, uh, punish them for what they were doing. Um, I got from at the beginning, it was the basket of ripe fruit. You know, I had to kind of look into that a little bit, like just or think about it a little bit more, like what's a basket full of ripe fruit? And ripe fruit is like, I don't know, like your bananas, you know, for instance, that's what I always picture because that's what we have on our counter, bananas most often. There's like this fine line between when they're greenish yellow to when they're brownish yellow. And that right point is like right before they really turn brown. Mm-hmm. But once you start to see that brown on that banana, like you can see, like, you know, the end is near for them. <laughs> they're only going to be good for banana bread. Um and very soon. So like when he says they're ripe, I always think of the, the ripe, the harvest is ripe. Like going back to that scripture um, that talks about the harvest is ripe for the picking and for, you know, bringing people to the faith. But this is almost a different type of ripe, right? Like it's like they're ripe, but they're ripe for punishment. You know, like they're headed to that. That brown was that banana. translation too, because that. I was trying to figure out what the basket full of fruit had to do with yeah. the next verse because it didn't have that in there. Yeah, I think in the NIV, as I look at it here, um, it says the time is ripe for my people, Israel. I will spare them no longer. So I think that like that almost it almost seems like you could almost stop and not read that last part of it and, and think, oh, well, the time is ripe for Israel. Like. It's a good type of ripe, like there's good things coming, but it's, you know, the time is ripe. They're going to be punished for um, their deeds. Um, so you're right. I do see how that can be a little bit simpler reading it in the NLT. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting because just the contrast of like when it says the harvest is ripe, I think of the harvest is ripe for salvation. And this one, it's like the harvest or the basket full of fruit is ripe, but it's actually ripe for punishment, not for salvation. So it's interesting to me, the two differences mm -hmm. in the Bible. Um, and they're just different instances and reasons, right, for why it's ripe, you know. Um, did you catch? Because I don't know. And I did a little reading into it, but not enough because it kind of got confusing as to there are lots of people that say lots of different things. <laughs> so I'm not real sure. But when I read it in verses 9 and 10, um, where it says, In that day, says the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth while it is still day. I will turn your celebrations into times of mourning and your singing into weeping. Um, and then you'll wear funeral clothes and shave your heads to show your sorrow as if your only son had died. How very bitter that day will be. When I read that, that almost like it made me think of 
Jesus' crucifixion. Like, this is a prophecy, but it's really a prophecy about, like, that current time. It's, but part of it just kind of, like, caught my attention. Like, okay, like, the, the sun will go down at noon, and that's what happened when Jesus died. That came to my mind, too. Did it? Good. So I'm not the only one. Yes, you're not the only one that thought that. <laughs> Good. So, I, you know, like, I just, and I had to look into it because I'm like, well, wait a minute. Is this really a prophecy about the death of Jesus? You know, and the only, as if your only son had died, like God's only son did die. So I'm like, is there that parallel? And I don't know, you can probably look up all kinds of different people who say different things. And that's kind of what I found is that it wasn't real clear as to whether or not this section was, I suppose it could be paralleled to the crucifixion of Jesus, but yet I don't know that this isn't something that just happened at that time as well when he, when it was prophesied, but. Um, it just got my attention, I guess, that, you know, it was another time in which the Bible mentions the earth going dark. Right. Midday. Right. And that's, that was what I wondered about too. Yeah. I think there were so. some things that I read that said there were, I mean, obviously just like today, there are times when we have solar eclipses and lunar eclipses and things like that. Right. So those types of like, I don't know what you call those. They're not climate, but they're like astrological changes or whatever. And, um, we still have those today. So it only makes sense. I guess in the Bible times they had the same thing. They probably just didn't have mm -hmm. an exact scientific word for it in the Bible <laughs> when that was written. So it could very well have been that that's what happened during that time when, um, God did punish the people of that day. Anything else you caught or, um, just right at the very end, I was, reading um where it says people will be searching from sea to sea and wander from border to border searching for the word of the lord and i i do find that that's true and a few people that i know that just continue to search and not find jesus mm -hmm. because they don't want to make it as simple as it really is yeah so I've found quite a few people that just keep searching for the right thing. So they go from religion to religion. Um, my grandmother actually did that quite frequently. <laughs> she would switch from religion to religion because she just couldn't find what she needed, what right. she wanted. She could not find Jesus. Huh. So yeah, I, I think kind of do that parallel with a, a few people that I know that do that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I mean, I think just in general, it's to me, it's obvious we live in a world that that's still happening, right? People are wandering and searching. Um, Which makes me realize specifics. I should be the light so that I can show other people. Right. And sometimes I think, like for me, I think that I've had discussions and I just want to shake them and be like, like, it's right in front of you. Like, you even know the truth. Like, this isn't so difficult. Like, you have to just let go, I think, sometimes of all those, I don't know, all the things that make religion complicated, right? You know, we were talking right. about that beforehand. Like, there, it's a relationship which really simplifies and dumbs it down, you know, mm -hmm. when that's your goal. When it's religion is your goal, um, it gets very complicated, you know? And so you just want to shake people sometimes and say, you don't have to work and strive so hard, you know? Like, God's right there, <laughs> right in front of you, ready. Um, 
But yeah, Chris had a really good friend that was, um, he was a brilliant man and he was a very nice man, but it was so simple that because he was so smart yeah, and it was just too simple for him. So he was going to a guru. He was going to <laughs> different things, right. just trying to find meaning in life because he'd already reached the top. Right. He had everything he needed and he was just trying to find meaning. So it was too simple for him. Yeah. I do think that it is. Um, and I think there's scriptures that do speak of that being, I think it is more complicated, it is more difficult for people who with higher intellect to reach that point. Because again, there's so few that have higher intellect than them that could give them the answers that they're looking for. But searching to God for that is too simple, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, it, it seems almost beneath them in some regard. So they're looking for somebody who's smarter than them to give them that answer. And it just, I, I think it's the ones that are smarter than them are also still looking because, yeah, they're looking for something that must be more complicated because everything else in life is complicated and they can wrap their heads around that. Yeah. It can't be simple. Right? It can't be easy. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I think like one thing I caught in that same part of the scripture that you were referring to is verse 11 and 12. Um, and I'm thinking that actually it might be that, which I was going to kind of wrap up with today. So I think that's a perfect segue, Dawn. Um, Yeah, he's where God says, I'll send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Um, I caught the, the interesting part of that is that the famine will be of hearing the words of the Lord. It's not that the Lord will stop speaking. Right. It's that they will not be hearing. Right. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting concept because we think sometimes that, well, I'm not hearing anything, so God's not speaking. Well, that's not true because we know he speaks all the time. It's whether or not we're willing to hear it, we're open to hear it, we're listening for it. Um, so the famine will be in the hearing of it. Right. Um, yeah. And people sadly wander aimlessly, um, trying to find it, and then don't. Um, so, yeah, I guess we do have to be maybe a That's brighter light. Us being a brighter light. Um, yeah, but then, too, like I always go back to like, the, it's like God's sending this famine, right? Mm -hmm. He's sending that. So he has a purpose in what he's doing. And so I think we have to be obedient and you know, ready. But sometimes I think that his famine is intentional. Sometimes the pain in life is intentional. Um, and we have to go through it sometimes to get to that point, maybe where our complex mind, brilliant minds can be simple enough to, to hear it. Um, cause that's where the famine will be is in hearing. Um, well, I think we pretty well covered it. <laughs> Think so. I think so. We almost hit every section. So um, as we wrap up today, I guess that I just pray you will have a great Monday. 
and um, that you will, um, yeah, consider uh, what it looks like, I guess, you know, in Old Testament or Amos times when he was prophesying about God's judgment and punishment. Um, it may, should make us pause to realize that that is the same God today, um, but only so that we don't neglect a life um, that he's called us to do, which again, in these people's times, it was that they were cheating people and they were being um, unfair to the poor and the needy. So um, I pray that today and maybe throughout the week that you will consider a way in which you can um, help the poor or the needy or somebody who you think is disadvantaged, you know, look for somebody this week that you can help out um, in whatever big way or small way you can. So that's our challenge to you this week and this day. Um, and we will be back tomorrow to discuss our next scripture for the day. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.